May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If only you would open the heavens and calm down so that the mountains would quake at your presence, and the nations too. These words from the 8th century BCE prophet Isaiah have been ringing in my head and in my heart these past few weeks, maybe for you as well. I look around at the state of our world, and Isaiah's words feel completely timely. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, for our world is a mess. The longing for God to be visible, powerful, saving the world and repairing our violence toward one another. If only you would tear open the heavens and come down. Those were the first words from Scripture that we heard this morning as the season of Advent begins. They were written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And Isaiah cries out for God to come, to be with us, to reconcile the whole mess, to save us from our sins. For Isaiah, this cry is a combination of lament and hope. For he knows this God. His God, our God, who had done awesome deeds we did not expect, he said. Awesome deeds. Think about some of the stories we know from Scripture. Abraham and Sarah having Isaac in their very old age. The Israelites, generations of them, freed from bondage in Egypt by passing through the Red Sea. Those are two familiar examples of God doing awesome, unexpected things that seemed too much to hope for. When we hear, if only you would tear open the heavens and come down, there is also those same notes of lament for our world and hope. Hope. For we know that God did, in fact, come down and did it in an awesome way that nobody expected. God came to us as a tiny baby, born to a poor mother, sheltered in a stable with the animals, warmed by their straw and their breath. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Isaiah's cry to God foreshadowed what we know. That God's promise of Emmanuel, God with us, is true. So, if this is true, why is so much still so broken in ourselves our families, our world. 
Episcopal priest and theologian Fleming Rutledge says it this way. She says, in a very real sense, the Christian community lives in Advent all the time. Because the people of God live in the time between the first coming of Christ in that stable in Bethlehem and his second coming in glory to judge the living and the dead. In this in-between time, our lives are hidden with Christ in God, says St. Paul. Our lives are shaped by the cross. The life Christ gives to us through his death and his resurrection. That love for the world that he held in his outstretched arms. So Rutledge again. The disappointment, brokenness, suffering, and pain that characterize life in this present world, in our mortal life, is held in dynamic tension with the promise of future glory that is yet to come. And it's in that Advent tension that the Church lives its life. That's where we all are, in between. So here we are on this beautiful morning, living our lives together as the people of Trinity Church. This first Sunday of Advent is marked as a day of hope, we lit the first candle on the Advent wreath, a candle of hope. And in the Gospel reading, Jesus speaks of great hope, that the Son of Man himself will return in great power and mercy, compassion and love for us. So we too live in hope and expectation. We show it by our Christmas preparations, by all the fun we had last night together at the gala. We have lots going on, all these preparations. But today's readings and those that follow over the next couple of weeks suggest that we should focus not solely on the baby Jesus, but that we might remember the promise of his return. This promise that while we see signs of death and destruction all around us all the time, Christ is coming to reconcile all of it, all of us, to God and to one another. That is the backdrop, the ultimate reality peeking through our scriptures, our lives, and even our deaths. God has a plan and a story that is revealed in large and small ways. In today's Gospel, Jesus tells us to stay awake, to be alert, to notice those things, to be ready and hopeful in this promise. So what might this mean as we live into these stories, these Advent stories, over the next weeks? How might we hear John the Baptist's invitation to repent in light of this news of the second coming of Christ? How will we hear Mary's song in light of the news and her words? She says, The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. How do we hear the Christmas story? 
the infant cries in the stable, when we know the wood of the manger bears our Savior like the wood of the cross. That's all one story. What might we be especially keen to notice about God's work in the world this Advent season, even as we await the day of His coming and the day of His coming again? Friends, the good news is that God is at work in all things at all times. And we live in this reality, a reality of not yet, and a sense that God's kingdom is also here. Jesus tells us today that God's promises are true, that we live in a world that is not random and uncaring, but held in God's hands. We are never alone never desolate, in spite of what we see with our human eyes. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, is our cry. I have. I will. I am, replies God. Thanks be to God.